Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Student Centered World Podcast. Today, I wanted to take a couple of minutes to chat about something that I am extremely passionate about. Not only was it a technique that I have totally mastered in the classroom, but it is one of the main focuses that I teach my Passion for Progress students about, and that is student choice. If you've been reading along with me, either on social media or my website, or have been listening to the podcast, you know that the concept of student choice comes up a lot. But unfortunately, there's still a lot of misconceptions about what student choice really means and how ridiculously easy it actually is to implement in the classroom. So today, I wanted to take a couple minutes to explain how. Welcome welcome to the Student-Centered World Podcast, where we talk about all things hands-on teaching and keeping your energy and sanity in the classroom. This teacher-turned-consultant is making it her mission to help as many teachers as possible become the best version of themselves and keep their passion for teaching on fire. It's her hope that we never forget why we desire to have a passion for educational progress. This, this is Student-Centered World, and this is Jen Bry Soccer. So the first thing in understanding what student choice is and how it'll work in your classroom is understanding what it isn't. There's a really awful negative connotation stereotype that is, you know, the kids are deciding what they're learning and what they're not learning. And it gives them the opportunity to do nothing if they don't want to. And your classroom becomes a free for all. And all of that literally could not be further from the truth. The number one thing you need to understand when it comes to this concept of student choice in the classroom is that the teacher is still 150% in charge of everything. You know what the objectives are that the students are going to be meeting, what the outcomes are that you want them to achieve. And even though they think that they have control over what they're doing in the classroom, you are still orchestrating every single piece of it. I have an article on studentcenteredworld.com all about student choice that I'll link in the show notes so you can go back and take a look through that. But when you're giving your students choice, you're giving them opportunities to become more engaged, to find avenues of learning that excite them, that make them want to learn more. And I have seen it in action in a variety of different types of classrooms, not only throughout my own teaching career, but like I said, in feedback that I've gotten from people that have gone through and implemented what I teach in A Passion for Progress. So when you're giving students choice, you're creating assignments that will make sure that they have the exact same learning outcomes. But in doing that, they're able to complete them in a variety of different ways. So for instance, say you want them to be able to show you that they have mastered X concept. You might give them options where it is attractive to students that are kinesthetically inclined that are visually inclined, that like to write, that are artistic, that are musically inclined. There are a lot of different options and it's not hard to set this up. If you've been teaching for a while, you most likely have 
various assignments that cover the same topic. You can pick and choose from them. You can Google the topic and see what comes up. The internet is your best friend when it comes to finding active lesson plans. You can try out a site like Teachers Pay Teachers. Even if you don't want to find a lesson that you actually have to pay money for, you can still find a lot of activities that are listed on there for free which could fall into what it is that you're looking for. And of course, at any time, you take any of these and tweak it for the group of students that you have in front of you. I've had years where I used the same type of project over and over again, and then I have another group of kids come in and I realize it's not going to work for them. And there's no shame in that. Honestly, if you're not adapting your lesson plans for the group of students that you have in front of you right now, you're doing them a disservice. Every year, the kids that we have come in are different than ones that have been there before. And we need to make sure that we're meeting them where they are. The teachers that seem to struggle the most with connecting with their students are the ones that want to hold on to what they know and what they love and how they are in their comfort zone without really amending to the students that you have. You might have some seriously high flyers one year and then the next year you have the exact opposite. And trying to make sure that they're completing the exact same things is going to look differently. So when you're starting out with this concept of student choice, you have to keep your students in mind. And you also want to start out slowly if you've never done something like this before. If you jump into a full-on choice board menu, project-based activity unit, however you want to look at it, and you've never done it before, and your students have never done it before, that's not going to turn out well for anybody. And let me tell you something about teachers. As soon as something doesn't work for us, we have a tendency to be the perfectionist type A people that we are and say, I'm never doing anything like that ever again because that didn't work. Rarely, rarely does it ever not work. It might be that the presentation was a little bit off. It may be that you bit off a little bit more, whereas a little bit more advantageous that you should have in starting out. Your students didn't understand the routine yet. There are a lot of different variables there, but rarely will a lesson go catastrophically wrong to the point where you could never try it again. So I would suggest, you know, something simple. So maybe giving them the option of, all right, so to complete this assignment, do you want to do activity A or activity B? Maybe you say, we're going to be covering this topic. I want everybody to find an article on that topic or something that was in the news that could cover that topic. And then you can bring them together or group them based off of what they found. Um, it just, it gives them autonomy and it gives them not only um, like a sense of purpose that they have to do this for their learning, but a lot of times it gives them a sense of pride as well, because this is their brainchild, if you will. Again, you are still fully in charge of the plan, but they're in charge of the execution. And when you start slow, you can gradually build upon it and don't ever think that you should underestimate your students. Even that kid, I know that kid, I've had that kid who you swear is just, you know, 
I don't even have to explain it into words. You can crack that kid by finding something that is going to appeal to them. Now, I know there's always extenuating circumstances. There's always something. I've had a couple of times where I've had difficult experiences as well. And that's that's teaching. That's the name of the game of our career. But the vast majority are going to rock this in ways that literally you would never even have thought up yourself. And I think that's actually the number one thing that I hear back from teachers once they master this style of teaching, that the projects and assignments and activities that their students have delivered back to them have been far beyond anything that they could have come up with themselves, or they were able to learn things about their students, you know, that maybe they're a fantastic drawer or a singer or a writer, um, or maybe they, they have this leadership skill once you put them in a small group. There's just so many pieces there that if you were trying to teach in a more traditional manner, in a more whole class instruction, you would never even know existed within the walls of your classroom. And remember, as teachers, we should be teaching our students not just the curriculum, but the pieces that are going to help them flourish in life to find out what it is that they are good at, what they might have a future in, what is going to come easy for them. And on the flip side, what is going to challenge them? And by doing this and giving them that choice, it's automatically adding it in to your curriculum. So yes, it might seem scary giving over control of your classroom to your students, but you need to remember that you are the one in control. And you are almost like the puppet master, but the students think they have this choice. And I always use the concept of when you have a child who's young and you ask them, do you want to wear the green coat today or the blue coat? It doesn't matter what color coat they're wearing as long as they're wearing a coat, but they think that they got to choose the green coat and therefore they had that power. They only have the power that you give them. So again, I will go ahead and drop the link to the article that I have on this that has some data points in it in the show notes. And I'd love to chat about it further. So if you do have questions about it, you can reach me in the comments. You can send me a message on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can shoot me an email, admin at studentcenteredworld.com. I love to connect with other educators. And hopefully this gave you some ideas for things that you can do in your classroom moving forward. With that, Thanks so much for listening to today's episode, and I will see you again next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.